sporting news and reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk. On your Monday, the 17th of July, I'm Simon Hennett, back with Jason and Jerry, of course. It's been a big weekend in sport, of course. And uh, oh, like I said, I'll have to bring up a bit of audio from Friday because I'm going to have to roll out the blue carpet today. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, he's doing yeah, it. It's well, quite literally um, anyway. raising the craft game, aren't <laughs> yeah, we, in the radio world here at the Sports Desk. How are you doing, Jerry? Yeah, good, mate. How are you, Chase? Uh, I read a lot of books today, yeah. so <laughs> I'm trying to be well learned now. But uh, how's your running been? Yeah, it's been all right. Um, good 60K a week, Saturday, States. So, yeah, just tapering for that. Should be good. Um, but, yeah, I've been reading a lot and about the craft of Carlos Alcaraz because he won his first ever Wimbledon title, second overall, defeating, we all know who's the GOAT now, the 23-time Grand Slam champion, Novak Djokovic, in five sets. So he lost the first set 6-1. I thought he was gone. I went to bed after that. And then he comes back and wins the second set 7-6 in the tiebreak, 6-1 in the third set. Loses a fourth, three six, and you're like Djokovic might be back here. But then he breaks Djokovic in the second game and wins it six four in the fifth set. So that ends Djokovic's thirty four game win streak, and also he won the last four Wimbledon. So it would have been five in a row. So that's just incredible. Alcaraz is the future, and I think the future is now. Um, he's Djokovic said the thirty six is a new twenty six in terms of age, but that's not it. Um, it just shows. Congrats to him. Also, Marquetta von Drusafar became the lowest-seeded women's player to win Wimbledon. She was seeded 42nd, unseeded. Beat world number 6 on Jabeur, 6-4, 6-4. So two upsets there, which was incredible. Um, and back to the, the sports with running, Cam Myers. We spoke about him two weeks ago. So he's 17 years old. Um, I'm 18. He's a year younger than me. He's ran his first Diamond League competitive race uh, and he ran 333.26, which is an Olympic qualifier for Paris next year and a Budapest uh, World Championships qualifier for the next two months. So put it in perspective, he could well and truly medal at Paris next year. I don't want to put too much pressure on him like everyone's been doing, but he's going from strength to strength. But and yeah, that's just... What incredible. we know definitively is that he will be representing Australia in Paris as a result of these times. Yeah, the only issue there is there's two world-class runners in the 1500 from Australia. So you've got Shui McSwain and Ollie Hoare. But um, Shui hasn't been running well. So Cam Myers, um, get on that train. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, That's fantastic. Um, also in the news, the AFLW fixture has been finally released. Um, it's been a big build-up and I think uh, there was concerns in the, the world of AFL that a lot of... Uh, other women's leagues coming up even further on in the year have already put a fixture out. So finally, uh, I think that's a massive thing. So the first uh, round will start during the AFL pre-finals by on Friday, September 1. We'll start off with uh, the Premier's Melbourne taking on Collingwood at uh, Icon Park being moved from uh, Casey Fields. Uh, I, I think that's a good start time, the uh, pre-finals by, while well, there's nothing on that weekend. What's, yeah. the, time, what's the time slot? Uh, I'd assume it's a 7.30. It's, yeah, it's Friday night. to be night. announced as well for that, I reckon. But Icon Park would be sold out probably yep. as well during that time, which is good. Um, and just quickly, the women's ashes. So Australia retained the ashes um, after their equaling ODI win against England. They won by three runs yesterday at Rose Bowl. So they made seven for 282. 
um, at least Perry started with 91 from 124 with nine fours and a six. Sutherland also chipped in with a half century and Georgia Wareham, the all-rounder, made a quick 37 not out from 14, which essentially won them the game because England were only three runs off. And if Vettel got out quick, um, which we've seen that in the past with Australia, then England would have um, won and it would have been a deciding game. But now the third ODI is more of a dead rubber with um, Australia retaining their ashes. So that'll be interesting. Yep. Awesome. Uh, That'll be interesting. That's worth celebrating, Jerry. Come on. Yes. Yeah, true. Come on, Aussie. Come on. Yeah. By the way, we just want to point out an accomplishment made by Elise Perry in that game. First ever Australian cricketer of first Australian cricketer ever to achieve six thousand runs and take three hundred wickets. Gr- big congratulations to Elise Perry there. Yep, massive. Awesome. Uh, the Tour de France has suffered its second major crash uh, in a few days, this time caused by a rider coming into contact with a spectator. Now, I always find these stories fascinating because people still don't know how to s- stand back. You're not in the race. Stand behind. It's, it's amazing that they don't. I mean, it's too many kilometres to fences down the you know the road, but it is ridiculous that people still manage to stuff people up and have caused an incident. So uh, aerial footage... Uh, from the host broadcaster showed American rider Sepp Cuss riding from Jumbo uh, riding for Jumbo Visma, hitting the arm of a spectator with roughly 129 k's left on stage 15 of the race. After hitting the spectator, Cuss then hit his teammate Nathan Van Hoydunek. Uh, who bore the brunt of the crash as he crumpled onto the road, resulting in a pileup behind him. Uh, Van was also t- able to get back onto his bike and continue with blood visible on his body. Several riders were caught up in the crash, including Colombian uh, Egan Bernal, who won the race in 2019. There were no abandonments as a result of the crash, despite several riders showing signs of injury. So they're, they're pushing on. How many stages left in the Tour de France, Jerry? I think there's two to three, so it's getting closer to the end of it. Um, and just quickly, update on Jai um, Hindley. So he's now four minutes and 44 seconds away from the yep. chase pack. So, okay. yeah, that's huge. And tomorrow, something massive is going to happen on the world scale in Perth. As uh, Even though it's a pre-season game, Tottenham will play West Ham at Optus Stadium with uh, Ange Postacoglu having his first match as uh, head of Tottenham on Australian soil, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, even though it's, you know... Um, a pre-season game. They played, uh, West Ham played, played a friendly uh, against Perth Glory the other day. We actually had a poor turnout, um, I thought. Uh, only about 20,000 there. Um, and, more. I yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think it's very hard. Uh, and I mean, maybe it was too manic to get pre-season games in Melbourne as a result of, you know, the Women's World Cup being about to start. So mm. uh, that's probably why they've chosen over there. Uh, but, yeah, no, massive for uh, Ange, and we can't wait to see what happens with that. Um, and, of course, we've got a big show coming up. We'll talk about Matilda's, uh, their game on Friday as the World Cup kicks off on Thursday night um, all around Australia and New Zealand. We'll go through uh, what was a crazy round of footy, give a bit of an injury update and what's going to the tribunal um, and then we'll finish the day with some Minute Mondays. The second um, edition of Minute Mondays. It'll be great. It'll be Sam versus Jerry this time. Uh, also, later on in the show, Sam, I want your review from the grounds of Matilda's v France because what a win that was. It was a massive, massive atmosphere. All right, coming back with the FIFA Women's World Cup all coming on Thursday. World Cup fever has hit Australia and New Zealand. 
Foles, the runner on the sports desk on your Monday evening on Sin, and it's a massive time. Uh, the Women's World Cup will kick off on Thursday night, but we'll start off with the Matildas. Massive uh, game uh, against France. The World Cup build-up game at Marvel Stadium on Friday night. I went a massive atmosphere, um, 50,000 there to break the record uh, for the most attended uh, spectators at a women's football match um, in Australia. And so... How did you enjoy the atmosphere? It was... To be honest, uh, with 50,000, it wasn't that loud. I think still Australians are till, still trying to find their feet on how we make an atmosphere at a soccer game. Yeah, People don't really right. get it. Um, but when we scored, <laughs> it was oh, so loud, yeah. ear-piercingly allowed. Um, so, yes, Mary Fowler came on and scored as we bet France 1-0 in, I mean, friendly in a way, but... I think, um, but as you were talking about on Friday, Sam, it was, it was more of a mission statement. This game, the yeah. Matildas v France, and hey, statement sent. <laughs> statement very much sent against world number five France, who have beaten two of our opponents in recent times, um, and massive. So I think that's a great, great confidence building game for the Matildas in front of a home crowd already, um, feeling at home. Uh, I mean, of course, we've got home ground advantage of all these games. Um, for the next couple of weeks. So to have that even before that as well. Um, and so there have been a few World Cup games behind closed doors uh, that we don't know the results of. But I do know one of them was called off. Um, an Ireland versus Colombia game was called off after 20 minutes because right. it was so feisty um, and they didn't want injuries or they just went at it at 100%. So that got called off. So these are being played all around Australia and New Zealand, uh, a lot of these. So, um, <laughs> and I think one of the, the behind closed doors, because I know Morocco are training out my way at uh, Galvin Park in Werribee. No way. <laughs> yes, yeah, they're training That's there. Who's training and down so there? So there was a behind closed doors Moroccan game at Galvin Wilson. Park between two of the World Cup teams. That is crazy. <laughs> so Morocco crazy. was playing who? Um, I'm not sure who Morocco was playing yeah, in that okay. fixture, but uh, the game that got called off was Ireland and Colombia. Colombia. So. Exciting, but how'd you see uh, some of the highlights from the game uh, against France, Jerry? Yeah, well, I like that Australia like can play both ways. Like they can keep possession, but this game France dominated possession with sixty-three to thirty-seven percent, um, and they had a lot more scoring shots. But the thing with um, Australia, their build-up play was really good. So you had like the like Catley in the midfield, um, and a few other experienced players, kind of that slow build-up play, and then using the wingers to kind of make that run. And then that ultimately got us that goal with Mary Fowler because that cross into Mary Fowler with a touch. And then just, I feel like Mary Fowler, like she doesn't get spoken on enough. Like I remember last week, I'm like, yeah. she'll do something big and she scores. Well, she's a Manchester City girl, yeah. uh, which we love to see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you are right because because of Sam Kerr and how amazing it is. It is hard <laughs> if you're yeah, a striker yeah. to get spoken about. That's true. Um, but uh, uh, unfortunately, Sam didn't score. She went off. Um, but uh, well, we're just getting her primed and ready for the next couple of games, which we'll go through shortly. But I think I'll start off by reading out some of the groups. That, um, and we'll start off with Group A, New Zealand, Norway, Philippines and Switzerland. 
Uh, group B is our group, so Australia, Canada, Nigeria and the Republic of Ireland. Group C is Costa Rica, Japan, Spain, Zambia. Group D is China, Denmark, England and Haititi. Uh, group E is Netherlands, Portugal, United States and Vietnam. Oh, that, that seems like a very tough group, Group E. Uh, group F is Brazil, France, Jamaica and Panama. Again, oh, that sounds amazingly tough. <laughs> as well as Group G, Argentina, Italy, South Africa and Sweden. Oof. Group H is Colombia, Germany, South Korea and Morocco. So there are the groups. Thursday is when everything starts. So New Zealand will play the early game at 5 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time uh, against um, Norway. That'll be on 7 Mate and Optus Sport. A lot of these games you can catch on across the channels of 7 and Optus Sport. Uh, Australia will play the second game against Ireland uh, on Thursday night. Um, I think that's 8 o'clock. I'm struggling to remember 24-hour time. Um, on Channel 7 and Optus Sport. And then Friday, Nigeria and Canada kick-off from Amy Park at 12.30. Uh, Friday afternoon game. Philippines and Switzerland from 3 o'clock. Uh, Spain and Costa Rica from 5.30. Saturday, we move on to USA and Vietnam at 11 a.m. Zambia and Japan at 5 o'clock. England and Haititi. Um, uh, that that is, I think, nineteen thirty. Nineteen thirty is five thirty. Five thirty. No, no, sorry, it is seven thirty. My apologies. I botched that. My apologies. Denmark and China continue on. Um, I think twenty-two. Oh, jeez. Man, my math skills are showing. Wow. Sunday, we move on to Sweden and South Africa from three p.m. Netherlands and Portugal from five thirty. France and Jamaica. Uh, again at 7 o'clock, and then it continues on right through for the next couple of weeks. So we will be all across the board, um, across the sports desk, and we'll be reviewing those uh, initial games on Thursday night, on Friday morning. Uh, Friday night, yeah. Any initial thoughts pre-World Cup, some of your maybe World Cup moments from past, or, or one thing that you're excited for? I like Australia's group. I feel like Canada's like a powerhouse. But besides that, we should be beating Nigeria and Republic of Ireland to be getting through in that round. Compared to, oh sorry, group, compared to the likes of um, USA, Portugal and Netherlands in that group E, we've kind of escaped and dodged a bullet in my eyes. Yes. Just, just because I'm not yeah. as wrapped up with that, why is that dodging a bullet? Because the USA have won the last um, few World Cups and been really dominant. Right. Um, and also in that group, Portugal, Netherlands have reached knockout stages um, in multiple World Cups. So They would probably be maybe the outright favourites, the US, would you say? Yeah, they or would be. They would be. And then who, who from second to that, would you say? Um, I'd say England would be up there as well. Um, what about Germany, Argentina and Brazil? Where do, you, yeah, where do you, they stand? Or is there, like, there's a bit of a difference between... Yeah, well, the top three would probably be your likes of um, the US, England... Um, Probably you can put throw France in there as well, and then you're like four, five, sixes who have a chance. It's like the Canada's, Australia's, Germany's, so it'll be exciting. There's a uh, one of the uh, sporting websites here have got uh, US first, England second, Spain in third, or Spain third, Germany fourth. So they're the top four to look out uh, across the next couple of weeks. An exciting fair few games in Melbourne at uh, Amy Park. Not as many as I think uh, us here in Melbourne would have liked. Mm. But just we don't have the facilities for it. Um, 
Is it just Amy Park and that's the reason why it's not necessarily yep. a hub? Because it, it's simply Amy Park and nothing else. It, that, yeah, that's because the only ground we're yeah. using. There you go. Okay, so, I'm, I'm learning myself. Great. Uh, FIFA have a rule where um, they have to have exclusive rights over the ground, um, which would not work because it would impact AFL season. So, uh, Sure. Righto. So, either way, we'll be reviewing it all Friday. Yep, yep. and we'll, keep, of course, especially keep you in touch with games in uh, Melbourne. And, and, of course, if you're going to along to uh, a Women's World Cup game this week or over the next couple of weeks, let us know across Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, Sports Desk Sin. I'm still hoping to see if I can nab a ticket <laughs> the last minute, but they're all gone. It's Sam Menhinnett. He's a hustler. He'll find a way, I can assure you. <laughs> Give it one week, Sam. We'll have tickets. He will find something. He's more street smart than you think. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we'll be reviewing a crazy round of AFL, round 18, as it was. And, um, well... Good luck, Jerry. Very well. This is exciting. I'm, I'm happy about footy again. It's so good. That's all coming up next on the Sports Desk on your Monday morning, uh, evening <laughs> on Sin. Oh, it's been a big weekend. Here's an artist you haven't heard for a while, Wolf Mother. Well, I especially haven't. <laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but it's a brand new one from yeah, them. Weird. Andrew Stockdale. What's your first impression, Sam? Uh, it's all right. Classic. Yeah, I've never gravitated <laughs> to Wolf Mother at all. You never liked them at all. Well, I mean, they're the one that do Jugger and the Thief, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's fair, but I think they've been overtaken by Greta Van Fleet as uh, Led Zeppelin rip-offs or something like that. Because isn't that what they were accused of when they came out? I mean, you can be a rip-off of any of those seventies yeah. rock bands. No, I think they're just influenced by. It. I think it's all right. Yeah. Jerry, your thought, your thoughts? <laughs> no idea. He's got no idea. Time for <laughs> round eighteen of the AFL. And as we spoke about last Friday, the round kicked off with a Thursday night game where the Swans went over the Dogs by two points. But Friday night is where we left off. Um, and wow. it was Melbourne by a final uh, one point in the end. I went to watch. Uh, I was at the Women's World Cup yeah. game, so I only saw the last th- third quarter and a half. And uh, Well, it was polar opposites, I must say, Sam, watching that from start to finish. Yeah, I'm blown I, away. I think we have a contender for game of the year thus far. That would have that been. Game. just flipped from like back to forth for lead. And yeah, Brisbane, I thought, had it. And then Melbourne just come charging back. Well, yeah. Demons got off to a good start. That was the thing. They got off to a really good start. And you're thinking, okay, they, they're actually going to settle in and keep this hoodoo that Brisbane had going. But then Brisbane became such a ruthless club in that game. Mm. And then... Just credit to the heart, Max Gorn, one of his best games of oh, the year. Oh, well, what a kick. That kick in the last oh, quarter, I think it was. 50, wasn't he it? Massive. He that. Um, but uh, jokingly, I joked about to my mate who was a Brisbane fan. I was like, are we going to see a repeat? Are the lights going to go at the MCG? Because it was the replay yes. of the, the power outage <laughs> game. Um, and, uh, wow, um, exactly what happened. <laughs> Melbourne stormed back. Oh, oh nice pun there. You cross <laughs> codes. Well done. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realise. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah. Brisbane's power went out completely in the yep. final 10 minutes. Jake Melksham, one of the clutchiest kicks of the year, former bomber. Uh, why did we ever let him walk? It's a shame. Uh, other than that, Petrarca kicking a few, which was exciting to see. Uh, just yeah, Max Gorn yeah. just completely ran over McInerney. That's probably one of his worst ruck performances this year. Like they've, And we've discussed about the, the forward line issues and stuff, but it just it hasn't seemed to phase Melbourne. Mm. It's, it, they're still around instance, and beating, yes. you know, Brisbane massive, you know, 
top four team, and I was worried about maybe Melbourne dropping out. Well, I wasn't necessarily worried, but uh, concerned that that might happen for them. And, uh, well, they're just showing that they're holding their spot there. Um, So I'm sorry for doubting them. But (laughs) in saying that, it is the midfield that is scoring goals again. Petrarca's had another big day out, Mm. four goals too. But he was playing predominantly as a forward during that game. Right, okay. Uh, Pickett kicked three. Uh, Gunston and Danaher. Uh, Gunston got three. Danaher two goals. Oh, now sorry, I just had to stop because there was a moment in the game that I remember back on. And uh, look, it doesn't look it doesn't look good on Joe Danaher or Stephen May. But <laughs> when Stephen May was absolutely filthy after Joe Danaher arguably dived, just went for a big flop on the ground <laughs> and milked. A free kick. It was the, not the a good free look. Kick we don't like there. to see. It. No, well, I'd say Not's yes. There was on one hand in the back, yeah, uh, and but one on the the side. But you don't like to see that. That that's mm. that's that's going and harping onto like um, you know Neymar dropping on the ground and that yeah. kind of thing. So, <laughs> and can I just say quickly, um, Melbourne need to stop partying because Mal, uh, sorry, Cosy Pickett was spotted at the Emerson after the game. So <laughs> really, yeah, yeah, a rooftop. Yeah, he was having, um, well, celebrating his free goal effort, but <laughs> it's not finals yet, so I don't know why he should be no, celebrating. Be a bit early. cautious. Yeah. Um, focus on footy, right, Jerry? Yeah, focus on footy. <laughs> Brayshaw, uh, most disposals 29 with Gorn as well. Uh, so, yes, a massive game from Gorn. So, Melbourne. Final comment I'll make on Melbourne, and it goes back to your midfielder point, Sam. With Petrarca sometimes occasionally going into the forward line and uh, being used more of a forward asset with uh, some of their key forward ass assets out on the shelf for the minute. I'm loving how much Jack Viney has stepped up in the midfield. He's become all he's become the keystone midfield with Petrarca up forward and mm. Clayton Oliver on the sidelines, Jerry. Yeah, like he's stood up when they need him the most. He's like been incredible in this recent run. He's getting 25 again this weekend. And Lockie Hunter's playing more of that um, on-ball role instead of out on the wing, which is good to see as well. And Eric Hipwood, was that a mark? <laughs> oh, Tough yeah, well, yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen the replay since I saw it live, but um, I guess it just would have been, uh, I don't know. It's oh. It was the cherry on top to an incredibly dramatic finish of footy. Like, if you don't yeah. get a goal after the siren to have something like that happen, yeah. that puts it in that top echelon of one of the games of the year. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Saturday afternoon, and it was a, another clean sweep for Collingwood. It was a 46-point victory over the Fremantle Dockers, 18-5, to 10-7, um, And massive efforts from Jamie Elliott, uh, Johnson, um, uh, Taylor Adams, two goals, one. Treacy um, for 3-0 got three goals. Disposals-wise of things... Uh, 36 for Nick Stakos, just wrapping him up. His brother, Josh, uh, 31 for him. Uh, Man in a losing game, O'Meara, 30. Brayshaw, 30. Dugowie, 26. No further comment. That's <laughs> no further comment needed. What would you say, Jerry? Fremantle, uh, yeah, free just, just falling off a cliff. Yeah, they're, they're done, mate. I'm sorry to say. It's not flag mantle this year. Yeah, they like, flatlined quite quickly. Yeah, pie mantle. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, Dacos, I think he's proven that he's probably going to win the Brownlow this year, and his brother's proven that he can be an All-Australian as well. Like, 30 touches week in, week out, both kicked a goal. And then you got Elliot kicking four goals, and Johnson, who's been playing um, more of that sub role this year and coming in for, like, uh, Marchek, who's injured. 
Um, just shows that they've got so much depth, and yeah, Collingwood are the team to beat, as Jason has been saying. Yeah, we've been repeating the same thing every week. That's yeah. that's all you need to say. Next game. Uh, Next game um, is the Suns and St Kilda. So Suns' first game with caretaker coach, and uh, I think as a few of us predicted, whenever the you know the coach gets the ass, the team usually comes out and performs. It's not and only you that. wonder why? <laughs> where's the performance been for the coach? Well, hold on, they, Stuart Dew got sacked on top of two bad losses from the top two in the league, mm. and here they are. They were still putting yeah, on no, competitive football against their, uh, I guess, so, their comparative yeah. the, uh, by well, teams of comparison to them. Yeah, like they were St. still Kilda. being kid. Yeah, yeah St Kilda's crazy. up there, and they get the win. Yeah, what what I'm realizing now, and um, a lot of teams do, which I think is not good, um, uh, but it's it's less on Stewie Jew. It's more the fact that they want Damien Hardwick and they want to secure him as fast as possible. By sacking him, would you say, Jerry? That's a long. Yeah, they're obviously going all guns blazing towards um Hardwick at the moment, but then it puts another question of Stephen King because if they continue to pile on a few wins like this, maybe Hardwick might not get a job as well. Yep, yep. Uh, I know a few teams had um, this kind of, and this was the whole thing with David Teague a few years ago, whether they were going to keep him on or not. Uh, when he came over as caretaker. But the Suns, good performance from them. Flanders, 33. Uh, Atkins, 32. Um, and goals-wise, four for Lacocious, uh, two for Rory Atkins, and one goal, two for Ben Ainsworth. Uh, St Kilda are in trouble here. I, th- I really think they're going to just fall out of the eight. I Ross don't Lyon see much was not them. happy if you heard some of the grabs they no, took out of his press conference. He was saying he was not happy. Uh, Ross was... I can't. Uh, it's a PG show. I can't exactly be as descriptive <laughs> as I want to be, but he was not happy. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. Um, the Saints. They've got North next week, so I don't know oh. about chopping out of it. Yeah, well, uh, we'll get to Can the, the North Can the Roos do us a favour? Yeah. The Roos do the Blues a favour, oh. which we'll talk about now. And roll out the blue carpet, oh, Carlton v Port Adelaide. Uh, I went and oh, such a great atmosphere. Got tickets last minute and ended up with my brother and sister was sitting in the porch squad. <laughs> so that was a wild ride. This was a perfect storm, wasn't it? 18 14, 122 Carlton to the Port Adelaide 10 12, 72, a 50 point win over the team that had a 13 game winning streak. The Blues are back. The Blues are back. Um, <laughs> I never would have thought this a couple of weeks ago. Generally, I was in shock. I knew there would be uh, an interesting game. I thought it would be a tight game, but I didn't know we were absolutely going to turn the power off. We were absolutely going to turn the power off. Send them back over the border. This is a grab. I'm going to play. This is what Jerry said. <laughs> Jerry's here. This is what Jerry said on Friday when we uh, were previewing this game. Um, I'm excited. Can the Blues... Or am I am I dreaming? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I just think the blues are done, mate. Like, <laughs> oh, no. well, it is one of those cases. Like, if we if we fall over at one of these hurdles, it might be well. Like, you've much got some done. big outs of a power, like Dixon, Horn, Francis, but you've also got a seasoned run. So yeah, there, the, the blues were done, according to Jerry. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I do apologise for saying that <laughs> publicly because they destroyed the power by 50 points, so I was very wrong there. And 
Silvani, he played that rock roll. That four is goals. the best game I've seen JSOS play. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's his best game ever in blue, in navy blue. It was wonderful. It was really wonderful to see um, because I feel a lot of people pile on him and there's always that thing, oh, he only plays because of his yeah. name. Um, I said that on this I, show. <laughs> I really, it really grinds my gears, that. Um, yeah. uh, and it just shows he bleeds navy blue and it was a massive performance from him, so massive to see. And then Jesse Motlop, <laughs> four goals for him. Just like Stevie Motlop. Listening to the radio he didn't even get. He didn't even get a warm-up. He was a late change in, uh, and he needs to stay in. He needs to stay in. He's going to be an absolute superstar um, over the next well, how long? I just he's going to be massive, this kid. Um, and so four goals from him. Charlie Curnow, three goals, three. Um, Cottrell getting around it as well, two goals. And then disposals wise. Uh, Doherty leading it for the Blues, 26-24 for Cripps. I mean, everyone had a good day. Everyone played well. Uh, I just I just remember being nervous at halftime and three-quarter time going, when are we going to drop off? When are they going to kick a couple goals, on the goal, goals in, in a row and things are going to get nervy? Or at least when are we going to blow our lead a bit? So, But no. We are solidifying wins over 50 points, and this is the fourth game in a row we've won over 50 points as well. So um, I don't know what my expectations are. This is this tops last year. My favourite game last year was the Sydney game, a Friday night game at Marvel. Um, but we are winning games, not only against because everyone was going, oh, okay, easy opposition, Gold Coast, Frio, what's a biggie, but. We've beaten a team in the top eight by 50 points, a team that is second on the ladder. So I'm very scared and excited at the same time. <laughs> the only issue is Harry Mackay. Yes. We'll and, soon. Um, yeah, it's just popped up on my... Well, we might as well read that one now. Uh, he is going to miss the remainder of the home and away season. Oof. Big boy. Uh, but could play again if the Blues make the finals. So One um, more win and that's definitely going to happen. Well, I'm still nervy uh, because I've had so much PTSD in the past. Um, I mean, we could lose to a St Kilda or something and then it's all over. Um, so it, it's interesting. Uh, but we'll move on. Um, massive for the Blues. Well done, Blue Baggers. Uh, it was a great day out. It really was. And continued off a great day on Saturday night. Sorry, Jason. Uh, the Geelong Cats... Was uh, really a mauling at uh, GMHBA. 18 14, 122 to 7 3, 45, 77 point victors. Um, no, do you want me to say something, dude? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> James Worth, if he's listening to this, he was so surprised that I've barely said anything positive about the Bombers this year. And this is why. <laughs> Bombers, so. I can't believe that the GWS Giants beat Adelaide in this game <laughs> coinciding with this because in my opinion and my and I've said to my father I was going to go really hard on him today and he said don't be too harsh it's a top 8 side it's the reigning premiers we were 15th last year okay I'll I'll refrain from going hard I'll refrain from unleashing but I am going to say this Essendon get out of the 8 and stay out of the 8 Open it up for the Blues right now because you have no business being in it. Whoa. I've never heard an Essendon supporter say that in their life. Well, Colton still have a hard run home with Collingwood. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. this can still... Still change. Ah. I still maintain Essendon have no business being in the eight. Well, I always thought um, you had a bit of a, a good period 
but it just it just worked at the time. And I think because we've seen this this pile up of teams outside the eight that haven't done so well, mm. it's been a long time to kind of solidify the final remain. So there there was probably a few scapegoats that were going to get up the eight early and not last up there. Um, but yeah, and even even when you have one, it hasn't been too convincing. So I did think it was going to be a matter of time. But I'll concede that the ones that haven't been convincing, they've at least been gutsy. That I can concede. Yeah. We've had some gutsy wins that we've actually been able to. I mean, you get almost a you almost out. bet Port. So oh yeah, and you loved that game too, didn't you? <laughs> Which bugs me even more that Carlton busted <laughs> and we didn't. <laughs> But I cannot believe we still sit in the eight after that because of what Adelaide did. <laughs> Adelaide Oval against the Giants. What's happening with the Giants, Jerry? Bloody hell. 14-point victors. Eight, nine, fifty-seven. 57 uh, The Crows went down to the Giants. 10-11-71. As we've seen, another resurgence team. Um, I, I'd, I've seen him come back and play a better performance. And in terms of resurgence, by the way, Sam, it's between you and the Giants. Yeah. Blues and Giants, they're the resurgence team. I, I, I feel for Adelaide a bit because uh, they've had such yeah. a good year and uh, wow. Yeah, I feel pretty optimistic about Adelaide once they started getting a roll on earlier in the year. But now, you know, they were starting to, well, they always have the fortress at Adelaide, but mm. it was super solidified this year. And Jerry, goodness me. Well, Adelaide this year reminded me of Carlton last year. Like, they started off really well, and then they're slowly kind of dropping off. Um, And they're on the brink of missing finals again this year. So what I saw in that game was the big three with the Giants in their midfield. So you got the likes of Josh Kelly, a goal, 28 touches, Whitfield with 28, and also Cornelio, who signed that massive seven-year deal a few years back, who had 23 touches, and he's averaging 28 disposals this year. And when you got the captain, Toby Green, getting 20 touches and kicking three goals. I reckon... Quality not quantity there. He can normally rack up more than that. Yeah, that's the difference there. And with Adelaide, um, there wasn't much on the goal scoring. They only kicked eight goals. Tex Walker, he was, he's still like leading like Coleman pretty much behind um, Kerno, but he's 33. Like, he's not going to be there forever. You need mm. like the likes of Rankin and Phil Forbes not to have those quiet games in those yep. crucial moments. No, definitely. Uh, Toby Green, three goals. Another set for him. Uh, I mean, he's coming good at the right time. Well, he's had a good year, even when the Giants haven't been performing. Um, but, wow, there are a few surprises. So I can't wait to when we get to go through the ladder, uh, which we'll do in a sec. Uh, disposals-wise, Rory Laird, 33. Josh, uh, Jake Kelly, uh, Josh Kelly. Oh, I stuffed this up every week. <laughs> 28 for him. Whitfield, 28. He was back in the side. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting. We should um, maybe on uh, Friday we'll have a look at a pick four or five teams and look at their run home, compares them because uh, there's going to be a few interesting. Because um, there's going to be a lot of games that's just going to shape this eight. Yeah, Every game is going to really count, which is very very interesting. So yeah, GWS victors fourteen points for them. Um, Sunday we move on to now, um, and unfortunately it was another bad day out for the Roos, Jerry. Mm. Uh, a 48-point win for the Hawkers at Marvel Stadium, um, 6-4-40 to 12-16-88. Watching well, this as a neutral, I thought North were getting off to a good start and then just unravelled, didn't it, Jerry? Yeah, well, the thing with Hawthorne, they kicked a lot of behinds. Like, mm. 16, like 12-16 doesn't look too bad, Sam and Jace, but... In at half time, it was three goals fourteen to Hawthorne compared to like four goals one with North Melbourne, and we're only five points down at half time. I thought we were a big chance. Hawthorne looked a bit tired coming back from the second quarter, but then after that, 
Luke Bruce just winding back the clock, kicked three goals. Mitch Lewis just could not be contained. Like, I felt like Aiden Cord did nothing on him. Um, and then after that, like, it was just tough to watch. You let Warpool Day run right in the midfield, and then we got a bunch of injuries with Zerha, uh, Wardlaw. Yeah, it's just it's tough to watch, and nothing more to be said. Yeah, yeah. McDonald um, of the Hawks also lit the place up a little bit with yeah. some of his fiery footy. And how McDonald kicked it out on the floor with no pressure. So. <laughs> yeah, it was that too. Oh, just <laughs> tough, man. Yeah. Uh, the final game of the round happened at Optus Stadium and Richmond. As they do which, everywhere. Uh, wow. Um, I mean, again, door may be open for the Tigers, just a jar as well. I wouldn't say so myself, but, I mean, it's there. Yeah, true. 8-12-60 uh, uh, to 14-14-98, 38 point victors. Um, Goals-wise, Shy Bolton got two goals, four. Dustin Martin, two goals, two. Um, Pickett, two goals. Oscar Allen, did he have an injury? I was trying to remember. He had something happen to him, or maybe it was someone else early on in the game. Um, I think it was Gimby. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, it looked like a shoulder thing, but maybe it was resolved during the game. Mm. Uh, Rioli got 31 disposals. Uh, Taranto, 27. Um, So these Tigers are still clawing up. Um, what what did you think of uh, the the Tigers? Oh, tough because I said they wouldn't make the eight, but they're looking pretty good at oh, the moment. The yeah, um, I think it's the key with Richmond is kind of those um breakaway players like such as your likes of Shy Bolton and Dusty. So Shy kicked two goals for twenty three touches. Martin two goals two twenty three. If them two can um play really well, kick a few goals, and get some touches. That's your key to Richmond making the finals. Yep. Um, all right. We'll go through 18. the ladder now. Um, and we'll go from the bottom up this time because it's a bit interesting this way. West Coast Eagles, uh, bottom 18th North Melbourne above for them. Hawthorne, 16th. Fremantle down to 15th. Sydney Swans, 14th. 13th, the Gold Coast Suns. Adelaide Crows drop down to 12. 11th is Richmond. Carlton is 10th. GWS ninth, um, and then the top eight: Essendon sit eighth, Bulldogs seventh, St Kilda sixth, Geelong move up to fifth, Melbourne fourth, Brisbane Lions third, uh, Port Adelaide second, and Collingwood still remain ladder leaders. Injuries, Jerry. Injuries, yes. Yeah. So from that doggies and Sydney game, O'Donnell's got a concussion, so he'll miss the next two weeks. Melican with a hamstring, two to three weeks. Petty. Um, he had a little injury at the start. That's still waiting for scans. Walker with a knee, um, probably rest of the season with Fremantle. Sean Darcy's ankle, still waiting for scans with that one. Harry Mackay, um, he'll miss, as you said, likely six to eight weeks, so till finals week one. Burn Jones concussion, so he'll miss a few weeks. Laverde ankle. Wardlaw hamstring, Zerha as well, and Archer, they're waiting scans. Um, that game, lots of injuries. Calcom and Jones, concussion, so he's gone. Green with a knee, Reeves with a hand. Um, and back to the tribunal, actually. Yes. Josh Rochelle has received a two-game ban for his strike on um, Buckley from the Giants. So that's a big blow for Adelaide's finals hopes because Rochelle's been playing really well um, in that forward-type role. And also Boyd from Carlton um, has been sent to the tribunal for 
his sling tackle and Darcy Byrne-Jones. So we're still awaiting results on that. Yep. Okay. And as we mentioned earlier, Harry Mackay is going to be out for the season, which is uh, oh, season. very sad for him. Yeah, home and away season. Oh, okay. Yeah, home and away. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll have our Minute Mondays and uh, wrap up what's been an exciting show on Monday on the Sports Desk. Block party banquet on the sports desk and your Monday evening on Sin. And it is time for this. And now the sports capital becomes the quiz capital. It's the sports desk. Minute Mondays. Yes, indeed. It went so well last week. We're going to start off closing every show on a Monday a... with Minute Mondays, the quiz. I need a better performance this week. Yes. Uh, Adam Miller, by the way, was the one who won last week's quiz. 3-0-0 over Sam and Jimmy Worth, who came in for the first time in a while. And he has taken the championship and retired indefinitely. So we thank Adam Miller for... He's retiring undefeated pretty much, Jerry. Yeah, he is. Uh, his mic's not on, Jerry. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, what was he that? Has. Hopefully I can take the reins. Okay, and this is Jerry's first quiz. What we're going to do is we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and we are going to answer as many questions as we can. Uh, if they answer incorrect, I'll just move straight on to the next question and give the answer. Uh, every, correct, every correct answer is a point. And the theme this week, because of Sam's pitiful performance last week, we're going to keep it at AFL general oh. knowledge. <laughs> okay. He's in trouble. Yeah. Well, we need to get a bit of a competitive yeah. game going. So we buzz in with our names, right? Buzz in with your yeah. names. Let's test them. Sam. Jerry. Excellent. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. The Sports Desk Quiz Minute Mondays, edition number two, starts now. Brent, oh, oh let's reset. <laughs> All, right, All right. Your time starts now. How many players are currently in the 400 Games Club? Jerry. Jerry. Zero. Five. No, Mick there's Malthouse more than that. broke the I total games it. coaching record as coach of which club? Jerry. Collingwood. Oh, it's ah. Jerry. Martin. Correct. Oh, Which year no. did get Dennis Cometti retired from TV Jerry, Sam. commentary? Sam, Jerry went first. 2016. Correct. <sighs> Which Guernsey number did Gary Abler Jr. wear as a gold Jerry, coast son? Jerry, again? 29. Number nine. No, Which grand final no. was the last to be played under the VFL? Sam. Jerry. Sam. Uh, I'll say 1998. 1989. Oh. Buddy Franklin kicked his 100th goal Jerry. in which round, Jerry? Round 10. Round 22. Who kicked their 99th goal that same game? Sam. Sam. Um, um, Him as well. Brendan Favola. Oh, no. Three players won the 2003 Brownlow medal. Name one. Jerry. Adam Goods. Adam Goods is correct. Which NRL player crossed coats to join GWS Sam. in 2012? Sam. Uh, is Ralph Alain? Correct. Oh. That is three points to Sam. I actually have lost count on how many. Oh, uh, Jerry, it was one, two. Oh, three, mate. Yeah, it was three. Three, two. <laughs> Jerry wins. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I'm not good under pressure with quizzes. I really am not. I what need to. Jerry Ablett one wrong, wasn't I, I knew the number two. See, a lot of these <laughs> questions, you yeah, just so bet me in. Let's just yeah. clarify that. Gary Ablett Jr. as a Gold Coast son wore number nine as his Guernsey. Mick Malthouse broke the total games record coached as coach of Carlton, not Collingwood, as, as Sam tried to answer there. And five <laughs> players are in the 400 oh, Games shit. Club. Uh, Michael Tuck, Kevin Bartlett, Dustin Fletcher, Boomer Harvey and Sean Burgoyne. Uh, the other two answers also 2003 Brownlow medal and Adam Goods was correct. Mark Rusciuto and Nathan Buckley were the other two. 
All right. Thank you very much, Jason. Minute Mondays will return. And hopefully we have some more opposition in here because this is... <laughs> oh, people at uh, listening uh, probably are doing a lot better than us. I but feel that's... like I got the scores wrong too. So when uh, the Instagram video goes up, there'll be a score check there. That's your accurate score and probably not my mathematics there. But that, listeners, was the sports desk. That was yep. a good fun quiz. We'll return at Friday, 5pm, and, of course, Mondays as well. Keep up to date on our social media, Sports Desk Sin. Send us some feedback. We love it. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back then. It's going to be a massive week of sport all ahead. This has been the Sports Desk on Sin. <laughs>